I truly, I truly hope all of the audio settings that I scooched around in several different ways help you, Emily, when you're editing this. <laughs> Only good scooches. Call me Peaky Blinders the way I ruined that audio track. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if if there was a drag queen for podcast editing, they would be called Peaky Blinders. <laughs> drag queen podcast names. Yeah. I do not know enough about drag to be able to participate in this bit, so I'm here to support you. <laughs> Thea Audacity. It doesn't quite roll off the tongue. Audacity is also a good drag queen name. Yeah, just Audacity. It'd have to be Audacity with an exclamation point. Audacity. Mm-hmm. Like he just didn't done, done something. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, a drag queen without a podcast is like a bird without wings. <laughs> <laughs> I would be interested to know those those poll numbers. I if mean, we poll every podcaster and see if they're a drag queen, well, okay, or poll every drag because... queen and see if they're a podcaster. <laughs> listen, I don't I don't listen to any drag queen podcasts because I already listen to all my podcasts are taken up by podcasts that my friends make. But I know that Bob <laughs> and Monet have a podcast, and I know that Trixie and Katya have a podcast, and I know Alaska has a podcast with someone, and I think Thorgy has a podcast. And surely there's a Canadian podcast for the Canadians. Right. <laughs> I think Gia Gia doesn't have a podcast, but she's been on podcasts. I don't know if she is still on podcasts because she goes back and forth with the good graces. Is there a certain threshold of guest spots on a podcast that make you a podcaster at that point? Um It's like the SNL five time club. <laughs> Who's I was going to put it at like 10 episodes or something, mostly because... I was also thinking 10, yeah. The person that I'm thinking of for the context of this is our friend Shannon, (laughs) (laughs) in the context of Pokemon World Tour United. I mean, technically, she does have her own podcast, but you're you're talking like in the context of being a regular on the show. Yes. Yeah. I I credited her as a regular when I made the TV shows page. I also credited Victor as a regular because he's just Alan with a voice. (laughs) Yes, he's Alan's player character. Yeah. Not even Alan with the funny voice. He's just Alan with the voice of a younger Alan. <laughs> that is true. Anyways, I made a note only telling to, to excise all the talk because we're about to come back in because we're about to start, but I have to say never mind. Oh, yeah. Excise all the talk after two because it's another whole other thing. And I'm Sorry, editor. Just... What's it, what's it called when you talk and they type? Now I'm just dictating. Dictating, yeah. <laughs> Let's start the episode. Yes. I don't think there's a proper segue, so I think that the theme song is going to smash in like the Kool-Aid Man right here. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening, you're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. and welcome to Loser Like Me. This is a Glee recap and review podcast. My name is Christina, and I watched this episode with a significant portion of it muted. And I'm DTHH, down to hold hands. Tanner. 
oh, with gosh. an episode this glee. Okay, listen, I'm I'm forewarning y'all. I have like eight different spots where I could say a submissive and breedable joke, but I'm gonna try not to do any of them. <laughs> I appreciate your sacrifice and support you in this struggle, Tanner. <laughs> Uh, anyways, for an episode this Glee, we have a guest who looked at the IMDb page, saw that Grant Gustin is in this one, and didn't look at any other information for this episode. Hey, Jams, how's it going? <laughs> Hi, thanks for having me on this train wreck. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I was not expecting this episode to be what it was, I will admit. <laughs> I, I feel like we need to... I, 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 Tanner, I know we kind of discussed this last season, but I feel like we need to start at least pre-reading the summaries of this and, like, confirming with our guests, like, this is the kind of shit that's going to happen in this episode. Are you okay with that? No, listen. Here, okay, here, here's the thing. Guys, here's the thing. Is that most people do get summaries like that. But when people, like, come ahead of time and say, hey, I hear you're doing Glee. Can I book an episode a year in advance because the Flash is on it? I'm just going to assume yeah. they already know what's happening. <laughs> I, I I am not smart. <laughs> I'm not not that smart. Certainly not. I'm not trying to say it's your fault, Jams, because you're our guest and yeah. that'd be mean. But no, it's fine. It's my fault. It's fine. <laughs> there there were still things I did like about this episode. So people coming on the Glee podcast should know that they're going to have to watch an episode of Glee. And sometimes when you watch an episode of Glee, it's just Artie sitting in the background with a megaphone saying, "Get sluttier." <laughs> Anyways, Jams, you're our guest, so we have to ask you, what is your history with Glee, the extracurricular, or the TV show? Mm -hmm. Um, I wish I knew Glee existed when I was in high school. I probably would be into it, if this is what it was. Uh, if it was more toned down from what it was in this to what it would be. <laughs> so you're saying you would have liked Glee if Glee was nothing like Glee. <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs> you would have liked Glee if it was more like High School Musical, the musical, the series. <laughs> I haven't watched High School Musical, the musical, the series yet. I expect great things, I guess, if compared to Glee. But yeah, I, my sister watched Glee growing up, and I caught an episode here and there. Our dad is very into, like, musicals and musical theater, so we were surrounded by a lot of that stuff. So when it was on TV and they were singing, I sat down. But when that stopped, singing stopped, I got up and I did something else. So Mel's never forewarned you. I mean, she probably has, but I will cite the moment when I said I am not smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, because I was going to say that actually now we can say it's her fault. <laughs> she doesn't need that heat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll take full responsibility. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, my uh, my roommate watches a lot of Glee, so I actually did a little bit of uh, Glee homework for, for this. You did glow work? I did glow work. I, I asked oh, God. them. To, to show me a little smattering of Glee, and we watched, like, three episodes to, like, prepare me for this and for the world, so I I was able to understand who was who a little bit quicker. But yeah, overall, it was a good experience. So you were, like, inoculated. I'm inoculated, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, super quick, non-Glee-related, uh, <laughs> speaking about inoculation, <laughs> the bivalent booster for COVID-19 is likely going to be available in your area soon. Highly Yay. recommend getting that booster hey thanks maybe i will mine is booked for tomorrow my piece of advice is um crash the royal funeral and steal something <laughs> god i wish i could god what, it's what would you steal if you could crash the royal wedding or royal, royal royal funeral I'm stealing the corgis <laughs> oh yeah that's a good call i'm gonna grab them before they're mummified inside her tomb god 
I, I feel like I would just go in and I would steal a whole bunch of paperwork. Think like <laughs> land deeds. Mm. Oh, you got that 90s mo- kids movie villain brain. <laughs> well, more so in the sense of I recently watched an episode and some uh, cutscenes or some some see- some cut scenes devoid of context from leverage <laughs> and now i'm just planning or i'm just imagining the leverage crew planning a heist to take place during the funeral of queen elizabeth oh, ii that's gotta be someone's <laughs> gotta be doing that in cinema in the future mm-hmm. like they're literally get hired by a, a coalition of curators and like national heritage officials from every country that has ever been colonized by the british <laughs> I'm just like, please look, you gotta. And they're like, well, we gotta. <laughs> I think at this point it's easier to just airlift Buckingham Palace elsewhere. <laughs> no, that's some Carmen San Diego shit. <laughs> Ooh, I'm down for that. Uh, I was just gonna steal a couple of their fancy March Simpson hats. There was an episode of Carmen San Diego cartoon where she stole like the eyes of one famous painting and then the nose of a different famous painting and then the mouth of the Mona Lisa oh. so that she could create the world's most powerful painting. <laughs> Was this the new Carmen Sandiego? No, this or the is old the Car- old Carmen Sandiego okay. video game. Mm. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I miss that. Yeah, the new one's really good. It has a mime. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have a mime this episode of Glee. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Oh boy, I don't this episode is going to be untenable, which is a yeah. good sign. I real quick, I want to go over some wild stuff about the writer and director for this episode. Oh, worm? Yeah. So, uh we are watching season 3 episode 5 the first time. This episode was directed by Bradley Buecher, who is not his first time directing Glee. He previously directed Never Been Kissed, Comeback, Original Song and Funeral. And I was trying to, I was looking up him, and he looks like a Negaverse Tanner. <laughs> oh, what does that mean? I mean, I posted a picture of him in our chat. Oh, there he is. What the hell? That's oh my <laughs> god. That's my nobody. <laughs> <laughs> this is the villain that's going to be stealing da- paperwork from the uh, from the royal funeral. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. He looks like a heterosexual Ryan Murphy. <laughs> it, yeah, kind of. <laughs> But he's also apparently directed for American Horror Story and The New Normal, so he's an inside git. But the writer for this episode was Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, who will continue to write for Glee, some future episodes of which include Glee's, <laughs> and uh, also apparently was the head writer for an Archie Meets Riverdale, cr- or Archie Meets Glee crossover, and also <gasps> was an executive producer of Riverdale. He's so... the creator of Riverdale. Oh, he's the creator of Riverdale. Yeah, and what? he also, listen, you're only scratching the surface because he also did the Afterlife with Archie series, which is still ongoing, where it's Archie and the zombie apocalypse. He's also working on Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, the comic, which he then turned into the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina TV show, and he made Katie Keene, and an untitled fourth Archieverse show, which is the first time hearing about it, and the new Pretty Little Liars show. Wow. The only thing that I will give him credit for is the fact that he got Camille Hyde a job <laughs> or that Camille Hyde got a job because of the show. Yeah, now she's on All American, so she doesn't have to deal with him. Oh, excellent. Good for her. 
So, anyways, this episode aired on November 8th, 2011. It's called The First Time, and it starts mm-hmm. with the recap that isn't even... It just tells you what happened. Real quick, Tanner. Apparently, the broadcast version of this was the second episode of Glee to ever feature a viewer discretion warning at the beginning of the episode. Oh yeah, because gays have sex and some audiences might be disturbed by this. Yeah. <laughs> also, you mentioned that the show aired on... This episode aired on what day again? November the, 8th. November 8th. So they finished shooting this episode like three weeks before it went to air. Ah, uh, so oh, wow. old habits die hard. And I know there's no like special effects like they didn't have to insert like a, like a firebolt or something but <laughs> that still seems like a really quick turnaround for me <laughs> and i just yeah. have sympathy with whoever was editing the show i guess if you're if you have that kind of schedule you must be editing while you're shooting so that's still really quick mm-hmm. did cory have to leave for canadian thanksgiving is that why there was a delay <laughs> i don't know which one is cory Finn. Oh, okay. Because he's Canadian. <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this show starts with Artie. He's a real man now, like Gandhi or Chaz Bono. Oh, Artie. He's a director now, so he can boss yeah. him around because directing is just having opinions. Yes. Oh, Artie. Let's all be glad that they ended the show before Artie could become one of the opinion guys on Twitter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He does use his bossing around powers for good, which is... <laughs> I was very disappointed with the final dress they picked. I'm like, no, you could have done so much better. Go back. Yeah. <laughs> All the Maria dresses are hideous. It's not that they're hideous, it's that they're too plain. Yeah. That Leah Michelle makes everything look worse. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Jams, on this podcast, we bully Leah Michelle. Leah Michelle's Rachel? Yes. Sorry, Jamil Jamil. <laughs> I am I'm 100% behind, behind bullying Rachel. That was one of the things that I asked my roommate about when we were watching episodes. It's like, okay, who do I not like? Who 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 do I like? Who do I support? Uh, and I learned that we hate Rach- Rachel and we love Becky. Yes, yes. correct. Yes. <laughs> no Becky this episode. Also, no Mercedes this episode, which is like, on the yeah. one hand, hard. But on the other hand, if she at any point was in the same room as Rachel during this episode, she probably would have throttled her. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why they were like, Amber, for culpability, we're going to give you the episode off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that actress that plays Rachel, I don't see her in anything in the, anymore because I don't care to see her. <laughs> uh, because she doesn't get roles anymore. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Except for bullying her way into being Fanny Bryce on Broadway. Yes. Oof. We then cut to to a rehearsal where it is just the, it's the three directors Watching Blaine and Rachel practice the song tonight. My note here was, dang, remember when Tina got to sing this? No, fuck Tina. (laughs) And (gasps) also, neither of them go for the high note at the end of tonight. Jenna could do it. Jenna has done it. (laughs) I bet Darren also could do it. He just chooses not to because it's not worth it. Uh, Probably. Emma also has a note, which is more teeth. Oh, I miss that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, because it's really, really quick. Hmm. I hope no one in my life ever tells me more teeth. Give me your teeth. (laughs) Teeth, 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 teeth. More teeth. There's one thing I love about your podcast, but I wish I could hear more teeth. (laughs) Ow, that was probably inadvisable. That's terrible ASMR. (laughs) (laughs) My dentist is going to be like, why are your teeth so bad? It's like, well, I'm constantly chomping them for audio reasons. Oh god, no. I need I need my teeth. I don't want I it. love that crunch. That's why I'm always chewing the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. 
But yeah, I guess the only other parts of the scene are that Coach Beast cries and Blaine is like, are you going to cry every time? And he says, every time. Yeah, I, I love the coach in this episode. Mm-hmm. And then my next note here was, remember how Artie fucks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, <laughs> I don't want to say a surprise, but I was just like, oh, you're just putting that out there. Okay. Yeah. See, the, the surprise isn't that Artie fucks. It's just, it yeah. comes off as a lot because that's his only other characterization. He's in a wheelchair and he fucks. I mean, I guess that's fair. Yeah, he likes to direct people. Yeah. I mean, directing is fun, but it, it's, it, it, it shouldn't be taken to certain extremes. Yes. What is directing, but... Hmm. Hang on. What hang is directing, on, I got but... this. <laughs> it's okay, we just let him, fin- <laughs> let him finish the wind-up. <laughs> what is directing, but fucking people emotionally? Is that anything? <laughs> <laughs> abuse? <laughs> I think it's abuse, yeah. Yes, I, don't yeah think I was that's... trying to say it in a way where it didn't sound like that. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> no, you can you hey you can fuck people emotionally without it being abuse. Like I'm not talking about fuck like fuck with. I'm talking yeah. fuck like manipulate. No, I'm not yeah. talking that either. I'm talking like intercourse of of the emotions. Making making love emotionally. <laughs> yes. What what? <laughs> oh God. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think the metaphor failed. I think you crashed and burned. <laughs> <laughs> Rip. Just like Artie's social graces. <laughs> yeah, Artie, Artie just straight up and there's Rain and Rachel, you're bad at acting because you're too virginal. Yeah. yeah. And similarly to how I wish I could, uh, Coach Beast and Emma both excuse themselves from this conversation. <laughs> just leave! <laughs> yeah. Hit the bricks! Yeah. Because they're both like, this is not a conversation that we should be around when high schoolers are having discussions about their sex life. Yeah. Or lack thereof. Yeah. Artie's just like, you would be better actors if you had fucked. (laughs) And that's just how it is. (sighs) That's my one direction and you must obey. Uh, Yeah. He says, like, as your friend, I support your strange aversion to fun. Which would, like, be a fun line in a vacuum, but unfortunately it just comes off as real aphobic. Yeah, it's it's reverse slut-shaming. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna throw Artie out a window, and of course we know (laughs) the real- We know the real reason that Rachel hasn't had any sex yet is because she's just awful, and the real reason that Blaine hasn't had sex yet is because he's a gentleman. And because he's a gay character on 2011 television in the United States of America. Mm -hmm. No, but I'm I'm talking like realistically. In real life- Mm-hmm. That's the only reason. Yeah, a non non asexual boy, regardless of who he's attracted to, and he looks that good. <laughs> Fair. I do really like Blaine in this episode. I, from the three episodes that I watched in preparation, I do think I like Blaine in my in my top favorite characters. He does have a good run. I'm like I've been over Blaine for a while because it's been mm-hmm. the Blaine show for the past season. But ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll come around to him. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Rachel seems to be canvassing the school with, with posters and using Finn like some kind of flesh golem. Like, poster goes there. New poster over there. Put a poster over there. It's because he's tall. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there there is a subplot this season about running for student body president, even though we are plausibly in September of the school year. <laughs> Maybe even October at this point. <laughs> You take a year off where there's no president, and then there's a president, and then there's no president. 
You take a full year to get to campaign. My God, could we do that with America? You already do that. <laughs> There's been a campaign going for the past three years. No, I mean, take a year off. No president for a year. No oh, president. Yeah, that would be fun. Let's chill out. But yeah, basically, Rachel is trying to get people to vote for her for student body president. And she says, Finn, I want you to vote for me for president. And Finn says, but Kurt is also running and he's my brother, so I'm conflicted. Oh. And then Rachel turns up the flirt meter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, how would you feel about trying to do the horizontal monster match this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> it was a graveyard smash. <laughs> do this with your brother and then she kisses him and then after the kiss Finn goes unless you live in Kentucky oh I missed that <laughs> I missed that too that totally <laughs> that hit my my sensor wall and then got destroyed oh God, I don't like that joke I don't I don't like no, the fun either. of people from the people from states that are seen as being rednecked Mm-hmm. When they're just actually oppressed by Republican gerrymandering. Mm-hmm. Case in point, the number of people who want to kick Mitch McConnell down the stairs. <laughs> yes. Also in this episode, there's a poster behind Rachel for the Wicca Club. Oh, yeah. yeah. They had a poster up a couple months ago. Or a I couple episodes ago. Let me in. <laughs> if they get slushies thrown on the McGlee Club, what do they throw on the Wicca Club? Holy water. <laughs> 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 But yeah, so Finn is excited because on on the game Friday there's an, a recruiter coming from Ohio State, mm-hmm. and Rachel's With the excited. Best name. Rachel's excited for Finn because she likes it when his dreams come true, and she understands that he probably won't come to New York with her. She just wants him to be happy. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, she's like horizontal monster mash, and then Finn, <laughs> and then Finn plays a motorcycle noise on his soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> Because this is a sex date. Yeah. Now we go to Kurt's room. I think it's Kurt's room. No, it's not. It's not Kurt's room. There's not enough. I think it's Blaine's room because if it was Kurt's room, the lighting would be better. Let's be real. <laughs> no, no one on Glee has good lighting. It gets steadily worse each season. Oh, God. Until it's completely dark in the last season. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. Look, as long as they're not in the dark blue filter of night, I think we're good. I will say... <laughs> With this scene, take take the scene, take all the curtain blade scenes in mind because I feel like they had two different ideas for how the curtain blade arc was gonna go, and they didn't decide on one, so they just shot scenes for both and put them both in the episode. Oh. Interesting. Because every scene it switches the person who is motivated to have the sex. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That does happen. Because we were just Blaine has just been told that he needs to be more submissive and breedable, and but then in this scene, <laughs> Tanner. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Dar- oh, shucks. Unless I told you I will not be held responsible for the jokes I tell this episode. It's a sex episode. True, it's a sex true. Episode. Anyways, in this scene, Se- Kurt episode. is the one who is like, haven't you ever concerted? Haven't you ever concerted Herb and the Sorks? <laughs> <laughs> he says that verbatim. Ermagerd. <laughs> well, Blaine is just vibing to Roxy music. Yeah. <laughs> and 
Blaine is like, I look, I think it would be cool to have sex, but also I want to wait until you are ready so that we can both be comfortable with it. And also because of all of your layers, because Kurt is wearing <laughs> like a leopard print long sweater, a matching leopard print tie, collared shirt, maybe a vest. <laughs> it's like peeling an onion. <laughs> <laughs> I did like this joke about his, his fashion. Does he always wear that many layers or was yes. it just for the scene? Yes. Oh, that's lovely. He's an onion boy. Since day one, Kurt has been dressing like it is fall in New York. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that for the character, and I worry about that for that boy, because he must have been so hot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, then we cut to a uh, coach working on the uh, on the, the structures for West Side Story on the stage, and uh, Artie rolls up, and Coach just says, man, I loved a weld. <laughs> and I, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't know if you guys have ever welded before, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I've never gotten the chance, but I feel like I would like us. It. I have n- not. It's just nice little tiny motions. <laughs> it's, it's very, it's very easy to hypnotize yourself. And so I fully agree with this. Yeah, yeah. And, and then we're introduced to my best name, my my favorite name that is spoken in the episode. Yeah. When Ar- Artie talks about Artie, kind of corners the coach a little bit. Yeah, and he uh, he he just flat up rolls up to Coach Beast and says, "Coach Beast, have you had sex?" How <laughs> <laughs> my note here is this is not appropriate. <laughs> yeah, and it's this like, is your teacher. The, they're trying to play it off as like he's playing matchmaker because he sees that the coach is down and he wants Beast to like open himself up to the opportunity to be in a relationship. But in the actual text of the episode, this is already saying, "Hey." Teacher, who is far older than me, I'm a junior in high school, and I think you should be having more sex. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. I hate then, it. Then she gets to open up a little bit about, like, her crush, her one crush. Oh, we've actually, um, because Beast transitions to male in the last season, we've been using oh. he, him pronouns for him. Oh, thank you for correcting me. No so, worries. So, yeah, he opens up a little bit, like, I do have one crush, and he is the best name, Cooter Menkins. God. Cooter the Recruiter. Oh, God, he is a recruiter. <laughs> That's even better. He is styled like an 80s movie villain. He looks interesting. Like, I would want to talk to him. He does look like he teaches at Cobra Kai. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's got that sweater look. That sweater <laughs> and pointed head look. And turtleneck. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's the recruiter for Ohio State University football. We got a flashback to him... Like, obviously trying to flirt with Beast while Beast is saying that he's not interested. And he's like, do you know any uh, place where we can get some dinner together? And Beast is like, nah, I filled up on chili, but you can have my leftovers. There's just grizzle in here. <laughs> have have gristle and a few beans on me. Yep. <laughs> oh, Coach Beast. Yeah, it seems he has a very hard time breaking through Coach's boundaries of like, no, I'm good. I'm I'm good. No, I'm good. But but secretly, coach is like I I, I wanna I wanna be with this guy. <laughs> See, yeah, because because Beast does not recognize flirting because Beast is really flirted with, and I can relate. I oh. also can relate. <laughs> you know that makes that's sense. Like, it's like every year, you know that that post that makes the rounds every year on like December twenty seventh of like if anyone has a crush on me, you should tell me before the end of the year comes out. And I'm just like. Citation needed. <laughs> <laughs> I always yeah. feel weird responding to those because it's like 
Yes, I obviously have a crush on you. You look great and you're a great person. But it would be really weird to weird thing to introduce to our friendship for me to go on Twitter and say, yeah, I desire you carnally. <laughs> <laughs> you can desire them romantically. Yeah, I do, I do wish that we were as candid with that in uh, in interpersonal relationships as we are in mm-hmm. TV, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, it should be like, if... If someone you're crushing on has a crush on you, you, the two of you should, like, glow when you're in close proximity. <laughs> like like a sword to goblins. Exactly. <laughs> you should be able to see this, like the relationship meter from The Sims, like, hovering <laughs> above everyone's heads on a HUD display. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it'd be so much easier. <laughs> oh, okay, hang on. I just, I just realized why Soulmate AUs are so popular. <laughs> this is why. <laughs> Because wouldn't it just be easier if they just knew ahead of time? Exactly. Yes, exactly. <sighs> we cut over to... Oh, no, I think Artie says, like, so that's your crush. I'll see I see what I could do in a very directorial way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then we cut to... I didn't know... We cut to the, the Warbler school. What What's that school? Dalton. 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 We cut to Dalton, and I forgot that Blaine doesn't go here anymore, and he's just kind of walking around out of uniform, and I'm like, wow, way to go, just like uh, ignoring uniform. He is in an outfit worthy of the Dick Van Dyke show. He's, he yeah, is. It's a very cute outfit. Mm-hmm. And then he walks into a room that I assume is just designated to have a musical going on at all, all times. It's the Twink Enclosure. <laughs> <laughs> That is the more popular name. That's fair. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there he is. The man I've been longing for. <laughs> uh, I don't know if Grant Gustin was just not as skilled at singing for this song, or if he was just intentionally playing up the Frankie Valliness of the situation. It was hard to tell. It's this musical. Uh, they're performing the song Uptown Girl by Billy, Billy Joel, right? Billy Eilish. (laughs) No, it's by Frankie Valley, is it not? I don't think so. No, you're right. Uptown Girl is by Billy Joel. Yeah. What am I thinking of? I thought it was Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. I don't know. That is a Google that you will have to do, Tanner. (laughs) I'm doing it right now. (laughs) But yeah, Nick Warbler, played by Kurt Mega, is technically on lead this episode, but he's not really like the star of this musical number because that's Sebastian... Who is who is honing in on Blaine like a shark? Yeah, he is just like staring at him with like, look at me, look at me, I'm over here, look at me. Yes, and they sound very plasticky in this musical number. Hmm. And the whole point of this musical number is that they try to they try to seduce one of the faculty members who is just a woman who is walking by. Yeah, it is full on harassment, and it is not comfortable. No, so. My only positives for this musical number were the fact that, uh, hey, Stephen Schuyler, a.k.a. Antonio from Power Rangers Samurai is on there. And also they do some cool stunts. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> they do some cool flips. There's also some random third guy who gets a line or two. Yeah. I didn't know that Greg Gustin was going to be called Sebastian Smythe, a full-on, like, Spider-Man villain name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just called him Sebi in my notes. <laughs> oh, so so many ways because okay, so you got Sebastian Smythe, which I'm mixing mm-hmm. up with yes, a Spider-Man villain, part of the Smythe family, the Spider Slayer Sebastian Smythe. Yeah. He's also uh, <laughs> the character from Canadian sketch comedy show Royal Clarion Air Farce, Sebastian Smythe the Bite Me. 
<laughs> he's Seb from High School Musical Musical Series, or he's Seabass from my D&D campaign. <laughs> oh, Seabass is a great way to so- so- shorten Sebastian. Seabass mm-hmm. pairs very well with Baleen. <laughs> oh, God. Was that a joke from Tumblr? <laughs> no, it's a joke day. from me constantly having typos when trying to write Blaine's name. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I saw that on the Glee forums back in the day, because I feel like I've heard that before. But yeah, Blaine is here to invite the Warblers to opening night of West Side Story. And they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, Blaine will definitely come. And Sebastian's like, yes, Blaine, I'll definitely come. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch God. that. It's like... It's like they gave Grant Gustin one character, one direction for how they wanted him to play Sebastian, and that was romantic rival. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting him to be a horny villain in this. Romantic aggressor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He pretty much says, Blaine, I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to interact much, but I hear your sex on a stick and you sing like a dream. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> and, Yeah. They go back and forth talking, and there's rehearsal music going on at McKinley mm-hmm. that's cut back and forth over the scene that happens a couple times in this episode. Mm-hmm. This is really good, because it's like Sebastian t- like trying to seduce Blaine, and all the while it's Santana singing mm-hmm. A Boy Like That at Rachel. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't know many of this, these song titles <laughs> until you say them, and I'm like, oh, that's there's the fun, that's the metaphor right there. <laughs> Yeah, because it's like mm-hmm. Sebastian will be talking to Blaine and he's like, so are you bored of the preppies or did you just leave too many broken hearts? And then meanwhile, Santan in the background, Sebastian is going to kill your friends. Yeah. And Blaine has a line about like, I miss Dalton every day, but McKinley is where my heart is now. And then Leah Michelle sings poorly. <laughs> I don't remember what her lines are. I don't know what the lines are either. All I know is that for every song that Rachel sings is Maria. She's singing with her entire mouth. (laughs) (laughs) All all of her teeth and all of her mouth. She took Emma's notes to heart. (laughs) But not a lot of diction, surprisingly. Yeah. No, more more tooth than diction. She's singing like she's at the opera. Yes. Wonder if she learned Spanish for the role. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she'll do a lot of things for this role. (laughs) <laughs> but she won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I think we cut to the boys' locker room at, at this point. Yes. Yeah. After re- Sebastian is like, okay, cheating date part one didn't work, so let's try cheating date part two. <laughs> <laughs> and Blaine is like, sure, I can give you advice about being in the Warblers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you want me to tell you. you. You are in it and you sing and you do good. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> yeah. I will say that like... Blaine's expression during this whole thing is like wide-eyed shock, and it's like, you could easily interpret it as either, oh no, he's hot, or oh no, I don't know what to do about this boy. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I, I'm i thinking of this meme from, so I follow some people on Tumblr who are very invested in Supercorp from Supergirl, which is Over. Lena, which is Lena and Kara, Supergirl and Lena Luthor. But there's there's this shit post that I can't remember the exact wording for it, but it's like Lena being like, Supergirl, I like what what do you need me for? She's like <laughs> like posing extravagantly, like a bird putting on a mating display. 
and and then it's just Supergirl being like, "You called me here," and that's the vibes that I'm getting. The vibes I'm getting are Blaine just doing the mark me down as scared and horny, but he's prioritizing the scared over the horny. <laughs> yeah, a deer in sex headlights. <laughs> It's truly what that is. Episode title! Episode title! <laughs> yes! But yeah, you, you cut to the uh, the boys' locker room, and we mm-hmm. I think this is the first time we talked to Puck this episode. Mm-hmm. I really like him. <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to, but he's very charming to me. L- listen, we, we have defended Puck occasionally. He's a, usually a well-written character that hits a certain note with myself. Mm-hmm. All the problems come from reality subtext. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, I I think that you are getting a you're getting a much better version of Puck than you okay. would have if you had, if you had been on season one. Yeah, yeah. None of the episodes my roommate showed me were from season one, so we watched like the first episode of this season. We watched the prom episode, and we watched like the homecoming episode in season six. Oh wow! That that is a very wide scatter shot. <laughs> <laughs> It painted a big enough a picture of me, like, I like this Puck guy. Fair enough. Yeah, so Finn goes up to Puck for advice, and Puck says, Dude, I thought they were my sneakers. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Finn is like, no, I need your advice on what kind of condoms to use. And Puck is like, I don't know, I don't use those. <laughs> no, first he says, oh my god, I can't believe you're cheating on Rachel. <laughs> yeah, and... And Finn is like, no, I want to use them with Rachel. And Puck's like, oh, congratulations. Yeah, he's like, well, he's like kind of nice to him. Like, oh, I'm so happy for you guys. But I don't do safe sex. That's not that's not my deal. I can't help yeah. you there. <sighs> he must have so many STIs. Oh, yeah. He says it works 99% of the time. I imagine that 1% of the time was a very bad time. He has a daughter. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. Okay. <laughs> he has a daughter who is currently being, I was going to say owned, but that's not the right word, raised uh, by <laughs> Rachel's biological mother, who she didn't meet until two years ago. Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> I truly story. love dropping that info on people who aren't familiar with the show. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel's mother, who is played by Adina Menzel. <laughs> oh, and has also started an affair with Puck last episode. Yes. <laughs> Adina Menzel did? Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, the character, not the actress. (laughs) The character. Okay, not the actor. Okay. I mean, that's fair. Weird. Wild. Okay. (laughs) And as my last note for this scene just says weird coach flirting, um, because all of the flirting (sighs) that Beast and Cooter try to do with each other is very weird. (laughs) Yeah. I just have loud in my notes, just give Cooter Makins a chance. Just open up, coach. He he wants you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And... We get a nice little reaction shot of the other football players being like, oh, this is weird. Can we go? (laughs) It's weird to see adults flirting. Trust me, as an adult, I agree. I think adults should flirt more so that I can figure out how to do it. (laughs) It should be happening less or all the time. Correct. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we get to... This is now Blaine confronting Kurt about, like, maybe... uh, Artie, Artie told me I should fuck. Should we try fuck? And he's like, let's try and be more adventurous. Yeah, so that's the thing. So, like, I feel like the the, the bedroom scene should have happened before the rehearsal scene. So it yeah. should have gone, 
Like, Blaine says we don't need to have sex. And then Blaine talks, like, and then Blaine learns he should have sex. And then the, um, he gets attacked with the concept of sex. And then he's like, maybe we should have sex. But then also yeah. it's like, it's almost framed like this is the first time they've discussed it in the episode. Like, this feels like this first yeah. episode of a, a, the first scene of them in a different draft. Yeah, it yeah. almost, it feels like Sebi just like encouraged him, like, if you're not going to have sex with me, you need to have sex. And he's like, oh, God, I have to have sex right now. So he's into voyeurism. I'm marking that down. <laughs> oh, God. My only note here was was that Kurt is intrigued, and he is also wearing, like, a diagonal cut cape that I like. <laughs> yes. You should wear more capes in school. <laughs> Where was cape mm-hmm. day? But yeah, like, Kurt has a bucket list of things he'd like to do, and one of them is have relations on a dewy meadow of lilac with Taylor Lautner. And Blaine is like, that's hot. We should do that. And Kurt is like, but you said we don't need to have sex. And Blaine was like, well, maybe this is the best time to have sex when yeah. we're... So in the next scene, that was, the fill in the blanks. That, was, that was the fill in the blank section of the podcast. Wow. <laughs> uh, I muted the episode at this point. It was not the first time, but this is where I noted it. At this it. point, the Glee has become an elaborate charades game. <laughs> Put on your yeah. podcast glasses now and fill in the episode. <laughs> yeah. I like this moment where we cut to like Cooter just walking down the hall and Artie just kind of like rolls up next to him. He's like, see me in my office. And Cooter's like, okay, sure. I don't know who you are. Let's do that. <laughs> who is the sassy lost child? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Artie pretty much gives him like, so I know you like coach. Coach likes you. You should just you should just ask ask him out specifically and using a clear language. <laughs> yeah, that's what he says. Like, be direct about it. Just try again. Keep trying. And uh, and this was the yeah, the moment where Co- where we see that Cooter's like, yeah, I really like him. I don't. It just doesn't work. He shoots me out every time. This is the this was what I was rooting for this whole episode. As soon as I saw Grant Gustin, I got out of my system and I'm like, okay, now I'm all about Cooter, Cooter and Coach. <laughs> this, this is the romance I care about. Oh. Oh yeah, and then we cut to uh, Sebi with Blaine. I mm-hmm. I assume at the at Dalton. No, this is the lima bean. It's the coffee shop that somehow manages to be frequented by both the Dalton students and the the McKinley students, even though the schools are in two different cities. <laughs> it, oh it's the gosh. neutral meeting ground for negotiations. <laughs> yeah, where is where is breadsticks on the line then? Breadsticks is in Lima. I'm pretty sure, but I within did... the Lima, mm-hmm. within the city of Lima. Yes. Oh, okay. No, I not was... <laughs> I ha... not two restaurants on top of each other. I had a moment because I remembered long ago when I wrote a fanfic of the Warblers celebrating a regional's victory at Breadsticks, and I was like, "Did I make a serious continuity error by forgetting that Breadsticks is in Lima?" But then I remembered <laughs> that they were already in Lima for that performance tournament, anyways. So it all makes sense. And also the fanfic is 10 years old, so it doesn't matter anymore, Tanner. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, uh, Sebastian is a fancy Paris boy. He puts mother's milk in his coffee or some shit like that. Yeah, I didn't recognize the word he said. He wants Blaine to be submissive and breedable, but then Kurt shows up. (sighs) And Kurt's like, who the fuck is this? And Blaine is like, oh, hey, it's my boyfriend. I was just talking about how much I love you. And then Sebastian is like, do you guys want to go do illegal activities, get fake IDs, and go to a gay bar where I had a hookup one time? Yeah, he says he had a relationship that lasted 20 minutes. And he, and Kurt's just like, oh, okay, a hookup then. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, Blaine, like, politely, like, that's okay, that's not sort of the thing we do, but thank you very much for the invitation. Kurt's like, nah, let's go. I want in. Let's do it. That sounds dangerous. So once again, we have flip-flopped again. Now Blaine is scared of the sex, and Kurt wants to have the sex. Well, now this is is a possible sex location, I assume. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Sebastian wants Kurt and Blaine to follow him to a secondary location. Yeah. He wants to spot them across the bar because he loves their vibe. <laughs> oh, God. It's it's weirder when you're one person approaching two people. <laughs> yes. I really like your vibe. Come to this gay bar. I'll give you fake IDs. He's, this whole thing is happening in reverse order. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they've never written a fan fiction in their life. <laughs> what is the purpose of Grant Gustin's role beyond this episode? rival romantic antagonist yes oh okay he's just there to, to like lure blaine's eyes away do you he's want just to here sp- to cause do, trouble do you, yeah, okay. do you want the spoilers uh i mean sure <laughs> this okay. has been the spoiler sequence you can put all that in a separate track <laughs> thank you emily thank you emily sorry i'm causing trouble emily no again it's <laughs> we love throwing glee lore at people no i'm i'm happy to receive it Like a a big spoiler satellite dish. It's also to give you closure in case you decide not that you don't want to be back on the show as a guest anymore, which we completely (laughs) understand. You guys can make me watch however many episodes of Glee you you want me to or need me to. Don't say that into the world because we're going to strap you down Clockwork Orange style. (laughs) Honestly, I enjoy the time I spend with you. You can can have me on as many times as you want. (laughs) Anyway, it's date night, but it's not Friday. Yeah, this is a... A Tuesday? I have no idea what day of the week it is. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like Tuesday or Wednesday or something. No, it's it, it's Tuesday, I think. It is Tuesday. Because it's Rachel and Finn on a date, presumably at Finn's house. He made some kind of pasta with meat sauce that Rachel thinks is fake, but it's actually real because by this point, I guess Leah Michelle was vegan, and so Rachel was too, and Finn definitely remembers that his girlfriend is vegan. Yeah. He definitely didn't accidentally give her real meat. They know each other so well. Yeah, he's a good boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they have dinner, and then they Finn is like, okay, would you like dessert? I have Sarah Lee pound cake. <laughs> and Which feels very authentic high schooler planning a date and cooking for their yeah. partner. <laughs> yeah, it's very cute. But Rachel says, I thought we could go kiss by the fire and then have sex. <laughs> and they go and they do, they, they do some kissing and then... It turns out that they both brought protection. Good for you. Yeah. They're both like being very respectful of boundaries the whole time. Finn keeps well. <laughs> popping up. At, well, well, Finn uh, keeps popping up and offering like, would you like to do this elsewhere? Would you like to do this in the future? Yeah, it's it's really cute because he's like, first he's like, I thought you only wanted to, I thought you didn't want to have sex until you had a Tony, to which Rachel clarifies <laughs> that any award would do and a people's choice would have gotten him to third base. <laughs> And then he's like, I've been saving up for a hotel, and if we wait a few weeks, we can go to the Marriott. Yeah, which I thought was really sweet. Yeah. And they do some more back and forth, and then Rachel blabs that she's having sex so that she can be able to portray Maria more authentically for the show. And Finn is genuinely upset at being used for sex by someone who he clearly loves and wants to make happy. And then he goes off to get the... Previously, we had anti-horny cornflakes. Now we have anti-horny Sara Lee pound cake. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, I'm looking at pictures of this pound cake, and maybe it's just the advertising, but it looks pretty decent, actually. <laughs> it is. It is. If I may, pound cake for anti-pounding? <laughs> <laughs> Only if I may. I'll allow it. <laughs> Sustained. <laughs> Yay. But yeah, Finn is like, okay, I'm going to go. <laughs> Goodbye. And we, we just kind of cut away. Oh, yeah, this scene. This scene mm-hmm. came out of left field for me. When, yeah. When a dad shows up to confront his son in the middle of yeah. school. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's the timeline? It must be, okay, the date must be Tuesday because the following day is a Wednesday and it's the Wednesday that they go to Scandals on the Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As, as you can see by the meme, the Evangelion meme I put in the group chat. <laughs> oh. I just like the fact that it says, it's Wednesday, or as I like you to call it, <laughs> Thursday. The Thursday. I love it's it. The Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> it's apparently ghost day because Mike's dad bamps in like Nightcrawler and slams his locker and says, don't fucking dance or I'll disown you. <sighs> so this whole scene is that Mike's dad is projecting mm. because mm-hmm. he's like, Mike, you can't be a professional dancer because when I was in high school, I played tennis and I wanted to be a pro tennis player, but they told me I wasn't good enough, so I listened to them and I gave up all of my dreams. And sometimes you have to have you have to have grown-up dreams rather than kid dreams. And Mike is like, "But I'm not like you, Dad. I'm actually good at dancing, so I'm going to be a professional dancer." <laughs> you were you were shit at tennis, and you could never admit it. But I'm better at dancing than you are at tennis, and I'll prove it. And then his dad is like, well, then I guess I don't have a son anymore. And Mike is like, I guess I don't have a dad anymore. And I'm making a joke about this, but it is good acting from Harry Shum Jr. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just a very sudden emotional, like, hey, I'm going to come into school unannounced, disown you and leave. And it's just not even fourth period yet. And this kid has to deal with those emotions for the rest of the school day. Yeah. Speaking of uh, adults, uh, Beast is weightlifting, and Cooter comes in and offers to spot, and Beast is like, nah, I don't need it. And Cooter's like, I can Which also is... lift weight. And, and Beast is like, okay, I'll leave shortly. Yeah. My first thought here was, don't, don't do weightlifting without a spotter, kids. That's dangerous. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Don't do that. Unless you're on Glee. Yeah. Or your name is Coach Beast. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Kuda's like, I got you flowers. And Beast is like, are you going to a funeral? And he's like, no, I got them for you. And Beast is like, but I'm not sick. Am I going to a funeral? What's happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Kuda sits down and tells Coach Beats, I want to take you on a date. And Coach Beats is like, but why though? And I wrote down what they said next. And Kuda says, why don't you get that I'm attracted to you? And Coach B says, because you can point to any pretty little girl you want and have her. And then Co- then Cooter is like, but I don't want, like, pretty girls. I like I like people like you. I want people who are confident in themselves <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. It's a nice little moment where people are just saying what they want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coach is, like, kind of, like, tearing up a little bit. Like, I can't be pretty, but if you think I'm pretty... It's it's just a a very nice little moment, and it was it mm-hmm. was it was the victory I needed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dot Marie Jones is good. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. He says uh, he's he pretty much doesn't. They don't solidify plans, but he just gets up, gives him the flower, and says, "Okay, Friday after the game, we'll go out." Mm-hmm. That's very nice. Yeah, 
my note here was, it's going to be a very busy Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in our next scene, we've got Rachel calling an emergency lady meeting. Yeah. And my note here was, except for Mercedes, where is Amber? <laughs> and then she she pulls the assembled Glee Club girls, or former Glee Club girls, which are Brittany, Santana, Quinn, and Tina. And she says, people of the jury, why didn't Finn want to have sex with me after I told him I was using him for sex to further my acting abilities? <laughs> I didn't commit a crime, so why was I punished? <laughs> and I, I appreciated this because everyone calls her out and they're like, Rachel, that was an incredibly scummy thing to do. Yeah, I liked that too. But yeah, they all just kind of like reveal like very like unsavory truths about their own like individual times mm -hmm. and it kind of brings rachel down and then the girl that's dating mike tina. yeah that's tina okay that's tina yes okay. we like tina okay what's the blonde girl that uh, was dating Artie? what's her name Brittany. Brittany. okay i got those names mm -hmm. mixed up okay but yeah she pretty much goes into is like i actually had a very like wonderful first time and, like, it kind of picks Rachel back up. Like, I, uh, we, we waited. It was, like, the perfect timing. It was when we both knew what we wanted. And it was mm -hmm. a good time. And it, it kind of, like, encourages Rachel to go on, I guess. Yeah. And Quinn and Santana, both of whom have been in relationships with Finn before, both tell her to just, like, just wait. It'll, yeah. it, the, t the two of you will work things out. Because sometimes Finn apparently just takes a bit to get his own head on straight, which, like, I'm I'm glad that he is apparently taking time to reflect. And this is intercut with them in rehearsal singing The Man I Love. Mm. And my note here was when she's talking about the parts about, like, oh, yes, there's this there's this boy I love, but he's not a boy, he's a man, and I love him so much, and Santana's getting a little verklempt. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm very glad just because it sounds like... Because Tina and Mike have such a good relationship. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, James, you missed the you missed the scene where Mike was being conflicted over whether or not he wanted to dance, and it was like an angel and devil sequence, and Ooh. the devil was his dad being like, you're never gonna amount to anything, and the angel was Tina being like, but you love to dance, and your passion for dancing is what made me fall in love with you. Oh, That was so good! <laughs> I'll have to look it up later. Here's the thing. I don't know if I see myself watching Glee episodes in the future without your direct <laughs> direction to do mm -hmm. so, <laughs> but I may just go look up all these individual sequences on YouTube. I expect to see a YouTube rabbit hole in my future. <laughs> now, do we want to address Brittany's line? Yeah, let's talk about Brittany's line. So, oh. Brittany, Brittany's, like, really only line in this whole sequence is she says that she lost her virginity at cheerleading camp. He just snuck into my tent. Alien invasion. God. Uh. <sighs> no, it's not as explicitly bad as I remember it being. I thought it was like, th th you can interpret it as something a lot more innocent than I a lot of other people had. But also mm -hmm. if you're interpreting it with major red flags, who could blame you? Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. Because I think there has been a lot of discussion in the Glee fandom over whether or not like, Britney's first sexual experience was an assault or not. Yeah. Especially because, like, Britney has been previously established as not always understanding social cues. Mm -hmm. And I just, I really don't like that for her. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 
Because there's that, but there's, on the other hand, Britney is very sex positive, and she has mm-hmm. a lot of sex canonically, and she enjoys it, and mm-hmm. the, the really, it, the whole thing's real dicey. Yeah, it's, it's the kind of line where they either shouldn't have made it a throwaway line, they should have discussed it with the dignity that it, and respect that it deserves, or they should have just not used it. No, <laughs> yeah, it, it did not deserve a throwaway line. Like, you could have done literally any other joke about Britney's first time having sex. Like, heck, I bet Heather Morris probably could have ad-libbed something that was less concerning. I mean, it's entirely possible this was an ad-lib and she just didn't think it through. Hmm. But I think I, I think the true. issue is, we've never, we've never questioned whether Britney has been misled about sex before because she's so sex positive. And so leaving this line in just like... It makes you start second-guessing everything, and that's where you get into this real sketch territory. Mm-hmm. If she never said anything about it, if her first time was just like, my first time was with Jacob Ben Israel. <laughs> it sucked. Yeah, that it would have been just as easy as that. Like, I didn't like my first time. Or just something, yeah, something small like that. Could have done better, Ryan Murphy. Yeah, all you. The, the lot of you. Subtitle for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> could have done better, if I'm being yeah. honest. We cut to the next scene, if that's yes. all right. Uh, I'd yeah. say I'd say it's to lighten the mood, but I have a few words about this next scene too. <laughs> I have some words about this yeah. building. So yeah, Kurt and Blaine roll up to this gay bar, which looks straight up like a Ponderosa steakhouse. <laughs> 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 they go to this gay bar, Denny's, and they have fake IDs and they're the bad names like Chaz McPherson or something like that. And the guy at the front lets them in, and I part of me was like. He either knows that it's fake and is just wants to like support youth and like knows this is a safe space, or is just mm-hmm. like, yeah, go on in, it's fine. I'm an ally, which means I support underage drinking. Yeah, I mean, there's there you could have a system, and there, I have heard stories of systems where they will let you in, but the bartender will talk to you and be like, I'm not going to serve you alcohol, but if you need somewhere to feel like you, we can like facilitate that for a time and then set down yeah, the ground and- rules and stuff. You know what? It would be nice if they actually did have a sequence like that for this scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But instead, like, it's Drag Queen Wednesday. And then they have a bunch of, like, budget drag queens. Like, this isn't shade on the queens. This is just, like, they clearly went out to find the drag queens that looked like the most seedy to make the whole gay bar look very, hmm, it's sketchy because it's gay and a bar. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Men dressing like women? Uh-oh. <laughs> Which, it's it's just made me feel real icky. Especially yeah. considering, like, how trans-positive Ryan Murphy's future works become. It's like, okay, well, I guess we all had to start somewhere. But I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think this is a bunch of people doing their best. And they were not I given a lot to work with. <laughs> I don't think Ryan was doing his best. I don't think the creators were doing their best here. I'm referring to the actors. Oh, yes, yes. The actors are doing their best. <laughs> I just think that the creative direction was poisoned by the start because they they clearly started from a place of this gay bar is yes. iffy and they went from there. It yes. Did, it didn't have to be iffy to drive the story, though. Exactly. No. That's it could have just been a gay bar. Could have been a normal yes. ass gay bar. Yeah. Yes. You, you could have even illustrated this as what a regular bar looks like because oftentimes that's just what gay bars are. On mm-hmm. what is this Wednesday, Thursday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wednesday. It might just be like or a regular I like bar. to call it Thursday. 
<laughs> there could be like, oh, we don't have events, so we're just kind of quiet today, and it's just like a quiet bar. But yeah, it it was not did not need to look uh, like this. Yeah, and also I don't know if this is uh, this is something that I thought was a little bit strange, but. When they walk in, Kurt and Blaine are like, oh, look, it's people who are all doing drag based on celebrities. Like, oh, there's Reba McIntyre and Tina Turner and Ginger from Gilligan's Island. And it's like, okay, I don't I don't know why. I feel like that's not the point of yeah. drag exactly. Well, it depends but because there are some drag queens who they make their whole living off of being impressionists. Like mm-hmm. Willem true. is well known as being a Britney Spears impersonator. But I think they drew attention to it because it was like, you know how these real girl celebrities look like. Well, here's some men doing a bad job at imitating them. Again, it's just like, it feels like they're really talking down to the concept of drag. Yes. Yeah. Could have done better. Yeah. I have a new contender for worst in the episode. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. So they're like, oh, yes, look, there's people who are doing drag here. Cool. And then they proceed over to the bar where they find uh, Sebastian in costume as the next host of Blue's Clues. Yeah! <laughs> because he's wearing, like, a green and navy wide-striped polo collared shirt with the collar popped because it's 2011. <laughs> and he's like, hey, I got Blaine a beer. And Kurt, I got you a Shirley Temple because I heard you're always the perpetual designated driver and relatable. Yeah. He looks so he looks so small in the framing in this shot too, like he's he's the only one sitting down at the bar and everyone's tall, so it makes him look a lot younger than he is. Mm-hmm. It's just a weird thing. Yeah, but and yeah. then do they just kind of start drinking, and then we cut to Blaine and Sebastian dancing on the dance floor? Oh yeah, Blaine <laughs> is immediately drunk. Yeah, yeah, he had one, he's one bear drunk. Blaine has a terrible metabolism, apparently. <laughs> There's a song playing over this, which is. Probably not a real song, but there's just a, a, a voice singing, who broke my heart? You oh, yeah, did. That's a real you song. did. Who is that? I'm, I'm going to look it up right now. Uh, okay. Who, but it was just very like, okay, that's what we're doing as Kurt watches Blaine and Sebi dance. It's Poison Arrow by ABC, I think. Huh. I think this is the right one. Oh. Yeah. Those it is. like real words. I'll trust you yeah. on that. <laughs> Shoot that poison arrow to my heart. Shoot that poison arrow. And then, like, there's a synth riff. Oh, exactly. Well, that's scatting. But like, imagine like those was better. Imagine those where they were auto tuned. Yeah, that's what that's what synthwave is. Is just auto tuned scatting. Yeah, it's very easy. These are neighboring genres. Yeah, Kurt's sitting alone at the bar, and then I I wrote down it's baby bear. I wrote down Kowalski, but what's his real name? Kowalski? <laughs> He's the penguin from Madagascar. Yeah. <laughs> Kurofsky, staff support. Kurofsky. I mean, it's, it's, these are neighboring names. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it was nice to see yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he and Kurt just kind of like take a second, like talk, like again, like every time they talk after the bullying, I think is just him apologizing for the bullying. Mm-hmm. But they also like check in, like, how you doing? And Kurt, mm-hmm. or, uh, I, I'm just going to keep wanting to say Kowalski. <laughs> Kurofsky? Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Kurofsky just talks about like, I'm, you know, I'm somewhere else. I'm like doing football still. I'm happy. I, I like it here at this bar. They're nice to me. They call, they call mm-hmm. me a bear cub. Mm-hmm. He just seems very comfy and, ha- and happy here. Yeah. 
And I'm, I know that in the past I have been pretty tough on Karofsky, but I'm, I'm glad that he has this. And yeah. that's also part of what uh, he and Kurt talk about, how it's like, like, Karofsky is like slowly coming to terms with his sexuality, and this is one of the safe spaces in which he can do that. And they end up like toasting or something like, hey, like, here's to baby steps. And yeah. Kurt's like, cool, I'm gonna take a big step and go interpose myself between Sebastian and Blaine on the dance floor. <laughs> Time to take a real big baby move step. <laughs> mm-hmm. Stand back. Yeah. Yeah, and it seems like they have a good time. They they come out like a couple hours later, and Blaine is, is still one beer drunk while Kurt is like holding him up. Mm-hmm. Call him one beer Blaine. One yep. beer Blaine. And he's like, man, I'm just, I'm just, I love this town. I'm going to go into art and support the people. And he's just going into it. He's like, I love you. And Kurt throws him in the back seat. And this is a bad scene, but. <laughs> but it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. And it, yeah. Blaine like tries to pull him into the backseat after him. And Kurt is yeah. like trying to detangle himself. And Blaine is trying to initiate a monster bash. And mm-hmm. it it mm-hmm. doesn't uh, it doesn't work. And Kurt's like, this is a hard no for me. I'm not going to do this. Yeah. And, and pulls himself apart and they fight. Uh, Blaine, he, he like raises his voice. Blaine's like, why are you yelling at me? And he's like, I'm just I was just trying to be spontaneous and fun. And, and he, he pretty much, like, storms off. He's like, I'm going to walk home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Kurt does an anguished twirl outside of his car. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just... It's important that it's bad. Yes. It is It is important that it is bad. And part of the reason why Kurt turns Blaine down is because, first off, Blaine is drunk. Yes. And second, Blaine spent a lot of the night doing what Kurt perceived as flirting with another guy, whether that was intentional or not and i would argue it was probably unintentional Mm -hmm. but that is how kurt perceived it and also i hope that they eventually got blaine into a car because a teen who is drunk walking home at 9 p.m on a wednesday would probably get breathalyzed and arrested (laughs) yeah i was immediately very worried about that too but the fact that he he doesn't show up the next episode arrested means that they just have a nice neighborhood gay bar they can walk to whenever they need to yeah I think we cut to, I think it's Friday night at this point. Mm-hmm. Is it Thursday or Friday? No, I guess it is Friday night. And Artie is having director's withdrawal. Well, wait, first off, we have Rachel and Blaine telling each other, I'm sorry, I haven't had sex. I won't be a good actor anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or I can't be a good actor because I haven't had sex, according to Artie. And Rachel's like, I want to call off the whole show because I'd rather send everyone home than give a false, inauthentic performance. <laughs> yeah. And then Artie gets anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Anxiety. I wrote down director's withdrawal. This is another word for anxiety. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, I've, I have, look at this. This is, this actually looks bad. And I think I've been having bad opinions this whole time. I don't deserve to be up here. I, this is, this is terrible. And he thinks the cast is going to mutiny against him. And mm-hmm. they're like, okay, the cast wants to talk to you. He's like, this is it. I'm going to die here. And then they hand him like a huge bouquet, the kind of bouquet that I wish Cooter would give to Coach and Coach would give to Cooter. And <laughs> they're like, thanks for being a director this week. You were great. And he he gives a little speech, but I, I was too busy taking notes to hear what he was saying. I wrote down the gist of it. Hmm. Basically, it's Artie being like something to the effect of like, because he is disabled, he's always felt 
like, Carl wouldn't like, he'll never be self-sufficient as a person, but directing has helped him to feel like an independent adult, and also kind of fake it till you make it. Because <laughs> he's like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but if you guys believe in me, I think it'll all work out okay in the end. Yeah. And, and also, uh, listeners, put a pin in the fact that when Artie is talking about how the actors have all believed in him, we get a focus on Quinn, like, nodding along sympathetically. So that'll come back later this season, perhaps. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this scene, because the whole time I was watching, I was just like, is this an arc? Is this an arc that Artie's been going through? This this feels like you just wanted to, like, try and close the book on Artie for this episode, distract us from the fact that you kept on spending it trying to make people have more sex. Yeah. It's the close of an unearned emotional arc. Yes. Yeah. It's an arc that began and ended in the same scene. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and then they, they start the big show. And it's it's a pretty good production. I don't know what kind of population this school has, but there's a lot of students on the stage. A lot more than were on any of my high school productions. <laughs> Part of it is that Coach Beast has press-ganged the entire football team into playing backup dancers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's how they're able to fill up the male ensemble. <laughs> and then we can assume that Santana and Brittany uh, encourage the cheerleaders to join for all the lady parts. Mm-hmm. it's so lucky that all of these uh, sport and, and uh, extracurricular students have just nice talent with singing and dancing mm-hmm. yeah we we get an introduction to the first to the first musical number that it is presented with weirdly a cold beshirted finn in the shower like hitting the shower yeah. wall <laughs> i thought that was gonna come back and it didn't really <laughs> yeah and he like hits the wall of the shower and then it like cuts to Well it does come back. Hitting part of the set. Yeah, it's, it does. It's just foreshadowing that something bad has happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I I didn't know how to read it. No, you're good. Also, do 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 this is Rory Watch. <laughs> He's the, our favorite little Irish boy is here as one of the sharks. He gets one line. He's trying to do a, a Puerto Rican accent on top of his Irish accent. Oh, that guy. You came yeah. here with your ma all <laughs> Jams, Rory is played by Damien McGinty, who was one of the winners of the Glee Project, a reality show about how to get a part on Glee. Yes. And so his prize was that he got a seven episode character arc. And so this is episode two out of seven. <laughs> <laughs> with one line. <laughs> where they criticize his diction. I, I mean, with a showrunner like this, I imagine they treat all these kid winners so well with their character arcs. And until I've watched any more episodes, I'll choose to believe that. Believe what you want. <laughs> <laughs> also, his dancing is not great from what we see of it. Yeah. 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 Uh, Otherwise, it's a good song. It's a really good performance. It is a really good performance yes. of America. Yeah. It's so good. Naya is phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's an interesting part here where Emma mentions that Artie decided to have the sharks come in and be involved in the song the America. Jets. The the Jets, excuse me. But he decided to have them come in and they sing like the oppressive lines about how, wow, America's really shitty for people of color, huh? Mm-hmm. And my my note here is like Emma says that she's nervous, and she should be nervous because making edits to professional theater scripts is actually something that they will like they will persecute you for yeah (laughs) 
Like, you do not have the money to be able to pay the fines that you would incur for changing the script and the staging. (laughs) I hope they don't sue Artie then. (laughs) (laughs) But on a positive note, we see Mike, who's playing Riff, and he comes in and he has some lines... And he looks over and he sees his mom in the audience and she's there and she's clapping for him. And he's like, my mom is here. Yay. My, the only parent who deserves to have me as a child is here. Yeah. There's a little moment like after like that song where he cu- kind of cuts away and leaves backstage and like goes up to see her. And she's like, yeah, you're doing it. And I love you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they kind of like go to after that scene and they go to like uh, Blaine and Rachel like, Here's our big moment. We're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And they make a big to-do about it, and they face the stage. And the- and uh, the the gist of it is basically like, let's pretend that we're each other's soulmates. And like, wow, acting 101. <laughs> yeah, they get ready for the big number, and the, and the lights go up, and then they cut away. And we don't get to see it. <laughs> yep. Because we see it. No, not we don't see it later. We see a bit of it later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would have wanted the whole thing. More musicals in this musical episode, please. <laughs> I think they just kind of like cut to the end of the show at this point. We're like, great, great show, everybody. Yeah, it's uh, it's after the show actually, like, because everyone's gone home. The theater is empty, but we see, we see Blaine doing some dance practice because he's trying to get some, he's trying to get down a move that he didn't get in the show, and we learn that apparently Kurt's officer Krupke brought down the house. <laughs> okay and they have a talk and blaine is like kurt i need you to know that sebastian means nothing to me and i'm not interested in him and they have a smooch mm-hmm. they decide to spend time with each other instead of spending time at the celebration yes fun fact apparently they cut kurt and blaine's kiss on broadcasts in latin america <laughs> it's too powerful too too strong god i'm really bummed they didn't do any maria in this uh performance because that's my favorite west side story song and if they performed it it would have been my favorite song of the show i don't think they did maria at all like even in the episodes leading up to this yeah yeah because how dare uh, because blaine's audition song was uh something's coming which was very good and rachel's audition was oh god what was it i forget Uh, what it was i can't remember (laughs) it wasn't maria did we even see her audition song yeah, because it was the one where she was it was partially the shared duet with Shelby. Oh, um... Uh, it wasn't I Feel Pretty. No, I'm looking... Somewhere. Ah, somewhere. Yeah, so she sang somewhere. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah. Maria's on my, my car songs playlist, and I would have would have loved to hear <laughs> the Glee rendition of, the, the Glee edition of it. <laughs> <laughs> and if I may, hmm. after we cut away from Curtin Blaine, gonna go off... And uh, do the horizontal monster mash. <laughs> we cut to now what I have written my notes as, oh God, it's the sex cape. <laughs> You're talking about which Rachel's is, outfit? Which is, which is the cape that Rachel wears when she is preparing to have sex. <laughs> she looks like Little Pink Riding Hood. We, James, we yeah. saw this previously in the Madonna episode from season one, episode 15. Where they sang the song Like a Virgin. And mm. Rachel wore, I'm pretty sure it was this, this exact same cape when she was preparing to have sex with the character played by Jonathan Groff. Yeah, I've, 
<laughs> I just learned that Jonathan Groff was in this show. That's wild. <laughs> That's fun, though. Does that cape come? Does that cape make a recurring appearance in the future? I don't know, but this is the second time that I've seen it, and I've connected two points. <laughs> <laughs> this is truly a sex cape, then. Two points make a pattern and make truth. <laughs> yeah, Rachel goes up to, I assume to apologize, but I don't know if she actually does. No. <laughs> no, I think she does at some point. Does she? Okay. It kind of. But my note here was, this is a very large house. Is this the Hudmals? Like, is this their family's house? How did they get a house that was so big? It, the tire shop money. <laughs> I guess. Everyone in Ohio's got tires. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Rachel goes up to Finn and she says, hey, thank you for the flowers. And Finn is like, you did good. And then he lets her inside the house and... He reveals then that he is sad because Cooter decided to scout uh, Shane, who is Mercedes's boyfriend, hmm. and he decided to scout Shane instead of Finn, and that Cooter told Finn he's not good enough to play football past high school. Yeah, a really heavy thing to tell a teenager. Yeah. And, and to be fair, Cooter does try to break it easily because he says, hey, just because your football career ends in high school doesn't mean your life does. Um, mm -hmm. But all Finn hears is your life is over. Yeah. Yeah. He gets a lot of a lot of pressure all at once. Yeah, he has a real meltdown. <laughs> yeah. He does, because he, he feels like he's not good enough and not good enough to either play collegiate football or to sing at Niada, which is where Rachel is going. Mm -hmm. and, she's, and then Rachel is like, you can find a new dream, Finn, and I'll help you find your new dream. And you're special because you're going to because you're going to be my partner for the first time that I have sex. <laughs> you're yeah. special because you get to have something that no one else will have. My vagina. <laughs> Except for Jonathan Groff? No, he never got it. Oh. Sorry, John. No. The next the next person will in fact be Dean Geyer, uh, I think seventh place eliminated in the third season of Australian Idol. <laughs> Dean Geyer is a false name. That's not really him. That sounds like a villain front. And now we cut to what I just wrote in my notes as fully clothed, soft focus canoodling. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. He was third on Australian Idol. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're right. A villain would have won. He's probably the guy. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a very, uh, very nice, like cuddling, like everyone's made up and now everyone makes out. Mm-hmm. And it's set to Blaine and Rachel doing the the marriage scene. And, like, they couldn't even get, like, real rings for the fake marriage scene in West Side Story. But they sing one hand, one heart, and it's fine. <laughs> There's a nice little, little outro scene of them just, like, both Rachel and Finn in bed together and mm -hmm. Blaine and, and Kurt in bed together. And they're just, like, all cuddly. And it mm -hmm. kind of ends like that. Yeah. So I have some trivia. Yay! Uh, so apparently there was supposed to be at least one musical number uh, with Kurt Blaine and the Drag Queens, but it was just in the first draft of the script and it got cut in revisions. Aww. And there was also a cut scene with Finn and Kurt, which I feel like could have been really interesting as like, I don't know, two brothers having guy talk. <laughs> yeah. Or incredibly awkward dancing around the true point of the conversation talk. Oh, those <laughs> like <yeah>. siblings <laughs> that's fun but it also got cut in revisions rip and that's all the trivia that i have thank you for this trivia you are welcome
Alright, so that's the end of the Glee episode. It's not the end of our episode because we we don't rank them. But we do <laughs> give out gold stars and slushies. So, Jams, you're our mm-hmm. guest. What song do you want to give a gold star to? I think the only thing I can really give it to is the uh, America song. I think that was the best option in my mind. That's, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I wanted to give it to... I'm also going to give it to America, but I want to put the Boy Like That as an honorable mention because I really like the way it was interwoven into the Sebastian scene. Mm-hmm. Christina, do you agree? I agree. America is the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on. The song. Yes. Well, yeah. Song. Hold on. Hold you on. knew what I meant. <laughs> uh, and then outside of a song, what was your gold star moment, Jams? Oh, uh, I think it's got to be the Cooter and Coach. Like, confessing love to each other and being like, you you are pretty and you do deserve this and we are going to go out. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was a victory moment, I think. I, what did I like? I liked Tina's sex story. I liked mm-hmm. Tina being emotionally healthy with herself and with Mike and with Rachel. And that last mm-hmm. one's a sign that she's a real trooper. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I also like Tina and Mike's relationship and that'll be my... My gold star for non-musical parts of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Now, Jams, what part of the show do you want to hit with the big slushy? (laughs) Oh, what what to pick? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There's so many options. There's so many options. God, I I think the the part I hated the most was probably the uh, throwaway line about the alien abduction. That sucks. I think we all are in agreement with that, unless there is something worse, Christina. (laughs) I, I'm I'm gonna give my worst to the you can't act unless you've had sex. Yeah, plot. that's fair. Because that just it was just very, it's bullying. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> you can't truly understand my direct my my vision as a director unless you've had sex. Yeah, that sounds fake and bad and wrong. You can't mm-hmm. come from my throne unless you bone. <laughs> Wonderful. Well. <laughs> so now now this is the part of the episode where i say thank you for being here today jams thank you for having me this was an absolute delight mm-hmm. where can you be found on the pembernails <laughs> uh, <laughs> if, you, if you wish to find me i am on twitter at jams wilk if you'd like to listen to my podcast saturday morning obscurities we are on podcatchers everywhere and we're also on twitter at saturday mopod all right, and as for us, Loser Like Me is part of the Corner Podcast Network, and we can be heard on your podcasting platform of choice. And if we aren't there, let us know, and we'll work on getting there. We can be found at Loser Like Me Pod on Twitter and through Loser Like Me Pod at gmail.com. Next time, we're going to have a whole ass uh, Hull and Oats number. Ooh. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Also, if you can dodge a gleek, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm just picturing someone physically picking up Rory and throwing him at the opposition. <laughs> Wait, does that happen? No, I just also like the visual. <laughs> I think, no, actually, I'm now I'm thinking about last season when Artie joined the football team and was just a battering ram. Mm-hmm, that did happen. Ain't no rule. Yep. Glee is a normal show where normal things happen, and so is this podcast. <laughs> Glee is a show where people definitely understood how athletics work. <laughs> yes. Uh, the way we close out this show is I'll count down three, two, one, and then we all say, and that's what you missed on Glee. And it doesn't matter what cadence you say it with, because it doesn't matter if we sync up, because it's like, whose eyes is it anyway? 
Okay. All right. The show's made up, and the the, the jokes don't matter. All right. So, <laughs> three, two, one, and that's, that's what you missed on Glee. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love the show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening. You're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me.